0: Our Gospel lesson is from Luke, the 11th chapter, and this is Luke's version of Jesus giving the disciples the Lord's Prayer. And so it's a little bit abbreviated from what we normally think of. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after He had finished, one of His disciples said to Him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, Hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and do not bring us to the time of trial. This is the Word of the Lord. We're, I think it's four weeks into a series about prayer. One of the things I'm asking groups around the church is, are you tired of this yet? And you know, people are polite so they don't say they are, even if they are. So we're going to continue a little while longer. (laughs) But as we've said for the last several weeks, preaching about prayer is one thing, and you may learn something important or maybe you won't. But the real key to a series about prayer is not you learning stuff from me so much as it is you praying more deeply. And if the series does nothing but that, then it's more than accomplished its purpose because the nuts and bolts probably don't matter so much. It's how much more deeply we're learning to pray. This morning I want us to ask the question, why is it that a good many decent, God-fearing, believing people don't pray as much as they know they should. Why don't I pray? Why don't you pray? Why aren't all of us engaged more deeply in that connecting with God? Well, one of the things that I hear most frequently from people is they'll say, you know, I don't know how to pray. And that sounds strange, I guess, on the one hand, because the truth is... We don't, any of us, know how to fully pray as we would like to. And I want to say to people don't be ashamed because you don't feel like you know how to pray. Most of us grew up, if we grew up within the church, doing the simple children's prayers. We learned now I lay me down to sleep or whatever else we prayed as children. And as we grew older we heard other adults, now that we were becoming an adult, who could pray out loud, and yes, it is often a gift, and we realize that our prayers are still so simple, and we said, you know, I really, I don't know how to pray, but remember the text that I just read for you. The disciples don't know how to pray either, and so they come and they say to Jesus, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Now understand, the disciples knew about prayer. They're Jewish men. They understood prayer. What they did not know how to do was to pray with that deep sense of connection that Jesus obviously had when He prayed. And so when they ask, teach us to pray, they're not asking about forms of prayer. They want to know how to make real contact with God. When Jesus teaches them, and we said this in the very first sermon in this series, when Jesus says, he starts off, say, our Father. And in some ways, as we've already indicated, if he hadn't said anything else, that would perhaps be enough. Disciples really were people like us. They weren't trained to be rabbis, they weren't master theologians, they weren't priests. They probably knew some of the Psalms as did Jesus. Maybe they even used them as prayers. But most of them didn't on any regular basis stand up and pray in front of people any more than you do. What they learned, they learned in their synagogues as maybe we've learned in our churches. But they understood that Jesus, when He prayed, prayed as somebody who has a connection. A relationship. And that's really what Jesus is trying to get across to us. Jesus really says you don't have to pray like the psalmist. You don't have to pray like the Pharisees. When you pray, speak as a child would speak to Father. And that's why He says, you know, address God as Father. But Jesus says more than that, of course. In another place, Jesus reminds us that we can call the Father Abba. And I'm sure you've heard this before. But that is a very important word. Because the word Abba doesn't address as Father so much as it addresses the diminutive Daddy. Now you think about that. When you pray, pray as a child addressing their daddy, their parent. That's how Jesus understood the power of prayer. And Jesus says we're supposed to come to God in precisely that way, as a child to a loving parent. God is honored by our prayers when we talk to Him, and it doesn't matter what words we use. It doesn't matter if we stammer or if we say the same things over again or if all of our prayers start, uh, uh. <laughs> it doesn't matter. As long as we are connecting with God, that is what's important here. Now... If we really want to learn to grow in the depths of prayer, there's only one way you can do that, and it's the same way you learn to do everything else in life. Practice, practice, practice. And so if you want to learn to pray with a greater depth in your soul, then you have to practice it. You have to engage God all the time because it's not so much the repetition as it is the learning that takes place each time we Address God. We can't expect to be as proficient as somebody who's been praying for 50 years if we're just starting out. Another reason people say they don't pray is they say they don't have time. I think there's two mistaken ideas here. The first is, is that prayer takes a lot of time. And I would say to you, sometimes it can. There's a famous Martin Luther quote that says, if I didn't pray three hours every day, I'd never be able to get any work done. Interesting? But prayer doesn't have to be that. Maybe it's a good practice. Maybe that's a target we want to grow toward as our time frees up and we have more time. But you don't have to start out praying three hours a day. We have got to find time to simply communicate with God. If it's no more than that 15 minute commute to work, just don't close your eyes. But engage God with what you need and know and want. We can pray anytime, any place. It doesn't have to take a lot of time. Y'all know how dry it's been around here, and now we've had rain for a week and a half, and so it's kind of wonderful. But last Monday, uh, we were having one of those heavy thunderstorms, rains. It's the kind that I learned to call in Florida a real frog strangler. I mean, it was pouring. And I stepped out on our covered back deck, Screened in porch, really. And before I even thought about it, I was thanking God for rain, for the water dripping off the trees, for that smell. I don't know what I said. I don't know when it started. I don't know when it stopped. Don't have a clue. But what I do know is that it was prayer as much as anything you ever hear here in church. And anybody can do that. I think the second thing that we often do is that we think that somehow prayer oughtn't to have that much of a place in the life of a busy person. We are into that Protestant work ethic. We want to work real hard and accomplish a lot. And if we're working so hard, we just we can't seem to find time to squeeze in prayer. Well, that can be a real barrier for us. Years ago, an elder had attended a conference in Montreat and came back and was reporting on it. And one of the things they said, and I've I've used this before, so if you've heard it, forgive me. But the speaker had said, too often we worship our work, we work at our play, And we play at our worship. How backwards is that? But isn't that truly what we often do? I don't want to do that anymore in my life of prayer. And I have a suspicion you don't either. I don't want the busyness of the day to take away those times that we so desperately need to connect. To sort of hinge off of what Luther had said. One fellow said, I take time to pray every day because that allows me to save time to work. And I like that. I think that makes a ton of sense for us. Anybody who says they don't have time to pray has really made another excuse because we do find time for everything we think is important don't we? When we say we don't have time for prayer, what we're really saying is is there's a whole bunch of other stuff in our life that is more important. And I don't know about you, but I'm pretty much convinced that oftentimes I waste more time working than I would spend praying before I work if I really took that seriously. third reason people say they don't pray is because they say they don't understand prayer. And my first response is, well, heck, who does? Why would that stop us from praying because we don't understand it? A woman said she was talking to her next door neighbor one day, and the neighbor said, if you can explain to me how anything I say in prayer affects my son who's in college or my Are you my neighbor next door? or my husband in the next room? I'll begin praying today. And after the first woman thought about it a bit, she answered, I guess, in the only way she knew how. She said, well, I can't explain how prayer works. But as far as that goes, I can't explain how most of the common things in life work. But I know they do work. For instance, I had breakfast this morning. And in ways I really don't understand, that food will be digested, it will be turned into energy, which will renew and remake my body. I may not understand how it works, but that doesn't stop me from eating breakfast. I may not understand how prayer works, but that ought not to stop us from engaging God in prayer. Just because we don't understand something doesn't mean it don't work. You go back into the classics or at least those folks we used to read when we were children and I found one this week that was supposedly written by Thomas Edison and this is what he said. It wasn't about prayer, but it sure applies. He says, We don't know a million parts of 1% about anything. We don't really know what light is. We don't know what gravity is. We don't really know what electricity is. We don't fully understand how heat or magnetism works. We have a lot of hypothesis about these things and we understand them well enough to use them every day but we don't let our ignorance about what we don't know deprive us of using them. The truth is we do understand a great deal about prayer if we think about it. We understand that God created us as living souls. We are made in His image. We are made to have fellowship with Him. We understand that God's Spirit is alive and well in the world even in those places and in those instances that are most horrible in our eyes. We understand that we can hold up somebody else in prayer and in ways we don't ever understand God honors that. And we understand that we can reach out in a hand of faith and have a connection with God ourselves. Prayer is as understandable as any of the other mysteries of life. Although we may not completely understand it. So again, I think it's an excuse when we say, I don't pray because I don't understand it. A fourth and a final reason why we don't pray is people... Well, I'll give you the example of a small child. They asked the child if he prayed every night when he went to bed, and the little boy said, No, some nights I don't want anything. (laughs) We've already talked that prayer is not about getting stuff. We know that. Prayer is supposed to be about communion with God. And it's that communion with God that is the most important thing we can do. But, of course, there's another enormous fallacy in that. Because the excuse for not praying because we don't need anything is as wrong as anything else. Maybe you don't need anything physically. But how deep is the need in all of our lives? Don't tell me. Or maybe if you've discovered that you don't have any needs, I'd really love to know about it because I don't know anybody that doesn't have deep need in their life, even if they can't name it. Andrew Carnegie, the famed industrialist of the late 19th century, was asked if he believed in prayer. Now, Carnegie was ostensibly a Presbyterian. He was from Scotland. And he said, Yeah, I believe in prayer. And they said, Well, do you pray? And he said, No, why should I pray? Uh, I have everything I want or need. And the friend responded, Well, perhaps you could ask God for a little more humility. Couldn't we all? Couldn't we all? We all have deep needs not for our things, but for those experiences of the Spirit that uphold and uplift not only us, but the people around us. There has been a great danger in our age that we think we have so much we don't need God. We see it all the time. and. We even see it among church people who go through the motions but for whom a life with God is really not terribly important. We sometimes refer to them as the C&E people, Christmas and Easter. But the truth is, how deeply we all need to keep those connections Prayer is a way of talking, communicating with God, nothing else. And that's what we're about. That's what this series is about. That's what everything we do is about here. It's about us learning to be a little better when we fall to our knees or drive down the road or stand in a public place or close our eyes at night or wherever it is that we pray, that we can connect a little better with our Daddy. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.